Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the shift. Welcome back. So, Katie and I. Working with the Zooms in this modern media environment, and we're giving you not only a, an audio experience, but hopefully uh, a visual experience. How do you feel about that, Katie? I love it. I, I don't really like that I look as pink as your shirt, but other than that, I love it. Well, Katie, I have to admit something to you. What? I, I am using a ring light. Oh my god! Yeah, you're so you. I was thinking this whole time. I was like, your skin looks great. Your teeth look so white. Well, I'm just using a normal fucking light because I represent represent the normal people. <laughs> well, I apologize. I represent I, the I, poor. I, I, well, you know what it is. I've been doing so much content yeah. here in this crazy world of uh, of Corona that uh, I I've invested a little bit in uh, in in a little bit of technology because you know we're stuck here with nothing to do. You know. No, I, I, I was laughing when I saw your Instagram story of you getting the ring light because I did see you get it. And I was like, I'm so surprised Amazon delivered a ring light in Corona times. Well, <laughs> they Katie, were like, what's his priority right now? <laughs> Katie, yeah, Katie, yeah, well, vanity is high up there. It's an essential <laughs> service. So, Katie, uh, would you like a ring light? I, I will definitely get you a ring light if you want a ring light. Okay, I want a ring light. I want to right. glowing. We're taking we're taking this we're taking this audio visual experience to the next level. But anyway, guys, we have a fantastic episode coming up today because we have uh, Sophie Jones, who uh, I've I've gotten to know, uh, you know, through through Joanne actually, and uh, she's been helping me with information because she works as a as a sex and relationship therapist, particularly around sort of like psych psych. What is it? What did she say? Psychological, sexual health, so psychosexual issues, uh, and uh, so um, I've been banging out scenarios to her, and she's been helping out, and I've been uh, happy uh, dying to get her on the podcast. So uh, she'll be coming up, and uh, you guys sent us in some great questions, which we'll be posing to her. And Katie, you're quite excited because you have a lot that you want to ask her about. Yeah, I'm terrified of STDs, so this is great. Thank, I'm very excited. And of course, it's not just STDs. It, it, there's a whole range of issues that we'll yeah, be discussing. Relationships. Yeah, relationships. Yeah, and a lot of people sort of posted in their fears and stuff. But before we go to that, Katie, just because uh, these are crazy times, how, how are you holding up? It's now, uh, it's now kind of five, six days since we chatted. How are you holding up? I'm okay, actually. Um, because I was very tired coming up towards not like, obviously I don't wish there was a pandemic and that was, is the last thing I would wish for, but it's nice to be able to sit down guilt-free and just watch Netflix. Like I'm still doing like making content and stuff, but I'm just, I'm sleep, I'm sleeping more and I'm eating healthier. So I don't want this to go on forever, but I'm like, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Well, listen, there's no, there's, there's no shame in embracing what the scenario, I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing else you can do and you're not being lazy. So if you found a way to embrace it, you shouldn't feel any shame about that, you know? Yeah. Made my first sketch. Made my roommate get in it. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I mean, I have enjoyed the uh, the ability to just sit down and sort of like, you know, do content-y type stuff. The only problem is that it takes a lot of... Like, like yesterday, I ended up like running out of time. I just like messing around with with, because I did a Zoom. I did a Zoom with Stephen Mullen. So then I'm like editing these videos trying to get like a good you know, trying to get a good size. And next thing it was 10 p.m. I was like, how the fuck is it 10 p.m.? No, I'm the same because I'm like editing all these videos. I did a virtual comedy show and then I'm trying to do all the TikTok stuff. Next, you know, same, it's 10 p.m. So I'm like, God, even if you have all the time in the world, you don't. I was going to say something there to you. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting all of my news. We don't have a TV. So I'm getting all my news through your Instagram stories. I'm like, oh, Trump said this. (laughs) 
That's funny you say that because a few people have messaged me and said you're my newsfeed. I actually That's loads great. of times I'm watching your 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 Instagram and then suddenly it's like oh I didn't realize that happened. But today I haven't been good on the uh, on the Insta feed. Yeah, I I the only time I watched news on the TV was when we did the podcast in your in your place in the Hamptons. So. Oh, that's right, because you're such a millennial that like TV is kind of foreign to you, you know. Well, I said to my roommate, I go, oh, she goes, what do you do? And I go, I'm just reading the news. And then I went, well, I'm not. I'm scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's my news. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it is a it is a absolutely insane time. But you're holding up okay mentally and all that stuff. And yeah, so far so good. So that's good oh great well listen we got a great episode coming up and uh, myself and katie will be back after the app this is uh sophie jones joining us to talk about all your questions about sex relationships and stds just a quick note before we start chatting to sophie that uh we didn't have uh independent audio for sophie so we're using the audio from the zoom so please uh don't hate us that Sophie's audio is not up to our usual standards. Still a great chat. Enjoy. Hi, how are you? Very well. How is everyone? Good. This is like a nice trio of accents. That's right. It's a it's a total yeah. international accent. Welsh, Irish, and New York. Yeah, there we go. So this is actually, Sophie, the first time that we've done a, a three-way here. So hopefully this works okay. out. Seems to be all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean I, I. I wasn't trying to make any innuendo. So, so you're like a, you're like a sex and relationship therapist, right? I mean, how much are you allowed to give away in terms of what you do for a living? It that's it's tricky. Like I obviously everything's confidential that I, you know, like with regards to client work, I can give specific examples. You know, I don't really want to say specifically where I work or where I'm yeah. based. It just gives people a paranoid that they'll be identified in any way. Right. But you're but you're not worried about being seen or anything like that. No, no, no. So like in terms of your everyday work, like what what are just generally like three of the main issues that come up when you're in your job? Like what would you say are like the hot topics in terms of things that come to you? God, like at the moment it does change like all the time, like previously when I first started, there was a lot around like HIV, health anxiety, that used to be the number one thing. But I think with PrEP and PEP and like more kind of awareness of it, that doesn't seem to be as much of a thing anymore. But that, yeah, that definitely used to be the number one issue that people would come in with. Just All right. So you're, you're getting people coming in with like, like quite serious stuff. Well, like, very anxious about contracting HIV. Um, that's like people who work in like psychological medicine or not even sexual health. Like that's a very, 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 very specific thing. Like this health anxiety used to deal a lot with that. Previous sexual trauma, sexual assaults, and you know, just generally not being happy with their sex lives and feeling they should be having more sex or better sex. This, yeah, a whole range of issues. That right. they, yeah, it changes. And obviously, Katie, uh, Katie has a lot of STD anxiety, so she's very happy that you focus and a lot on that. Really, it's so common. It's so, so, so common. I, Katie, as Katie ta- do you want to share? Talk, your, yeah, go ahead. As we talk, my my vagina is burning right <gasps> now. So I literally will phantom pains. But is that a real thing? Because sometimes I'll do that and then I'll find out that I don't have an STD, but it's just like I've managed to create a pain in my head. Like I really, I can can. feel my vagina burning. It's psychosomatic. Of course you can. Like the brain is a powerful thing. Like that happens all the time for people. That's super common. It's awful. Burning and itching and yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking itchy. I have a fucking itchy vag now. That's normal, right? (laughs) triggering but, you <laughs> <laughs> i started like you asked my roommate i'm like have you ever had an itchy vag i think i have an std and she's like you're fine you're fine you it's just in your head <laughs> yeah, well katie katie gets an itchy vag the minute you mention an std so actually just to start just to just to warm us up because i know katie is dying to know sophie you were telling me that actually you're involved you're involved in a group that does some work with ireland and you were quite alarmed by the uh 
the number of uh, the rise in yeah. STDs and the, ri- the rise in HIV rates. Yeah. So HSE a couple of months ago literally put out a tender to say they wanted a company not necessarily in Ireland, like outside to run like an online postal testing service in Ireland because I think there's lack of access and the rates of STIs are just roof and higher and higher and higher and higher. So they are paying for like a one-year trial for a company to come in to deliver home testing to people in Ireland and to then kind of assess whether people like that, if it's beneficial, if people actually take up that offer. Because they do it in London, they do it in lots of other parts of the UK, and it is really popular. And I think that would be great for Ireland. Like that's definitely happening. It's just a have company. they talked to you? Have they mentioned to you about what they think is going on in terms of why you're getting this huge increase? Is, is, there, is there something specific to Ireland or is this across Europe, these types of increases? Um, it seems quite specific to Ireland, to be honest. And I think that's why they're going to pay for this like one year trial to really like study and analyze like hot spots, like heat mapping, like literally what is going on because like the HIV diagnosis are high. It's really high. Yeah, I mean, that, oh that. So go ahead, Katie. Well, I was just going to ask, like, even with HIV, is it contracted even if the person doesn't come inside you? Can it be just from, like, I have no idea how you could, you contract it. This is a very stupid question. It's not, no, it's not stupid. And, like, you know, HIV, if you're having condomless sex, there's always going to be a risk, regardless if someone ejaculates or not. You know, there's always going to be pre-cum. There's always a risk. So, <laughs> you're like, like anxious. Like, ah! <laughs> but, you know, how I kind of see it and how I would like people to see it is like a three-monthly health check. Like the same as you would go to a dentist, like regardless of who you're having sex with, regardless of whether you're using condoms or not just get yourself tested every three months and if you can get a kit sent to your home you know it's going to be discreet it's going to be in a white envelope there's going to be nothing there to kind of identify what it is just do all your tests at home send it off and then you you know you find out and do you think oh so you send it off and then they send you back the results yeah so you so say you know you're a female, you have a vagina, you'll swab your own vagina and you'd prick your own finger. You'd collect the blood yourself and then you post it off. And do you think that'll help? Do you think that'll help to take away? Like, is it, is it, is it the thought that people don't want to go for tests because there's a stigma, they're embarrassed, they don't want to be seen in the clinic. So is, is the idea behind this that if people can do it sort of completely confidentially, that it's just yeah. much easier to do it? I think it's easier to do it and it becomes more of a, like a life routine. Like, you know, every three months, say, you can set up an alert reminder every three months to say, hey, you know, order another kit now. And just, and again, the stigma of it, some people would not ever go into a sexual health clinic. Like, they'd be mortified. Yeah. There is definitely this sense of walking in there, you don't want to look anybody in the face, which is quite silly, really, because we all know that we're having sex. So why would you not yeah. want to know that you're actually being healthy around that sex, you know? I mean, but you wouldn't even know. There might be like, you might be just, if it's like, if it's if it's small towns like Ireland, you might have been just out of a relationship and you don't want your bump into your partner to know that you're having sex. It's more like the gossip, I guess. Whereas in New York and City, with like local popu- Yeah. With local yeah. populations, absolutely. Like, I think small towns, absolutely. You're going to, people are going to see that you're there and they know why you're there. Do you, do you guys have any, any like buzzwords or like simple sentences that you constantly try to reinforce to people about getting checked and why it's no big deal? Yeah, because it, it's just, just, get tested there's so many misconceptions about STIs like we weren't taught that in school and you kind of just learn things through popular culture what you see on tv what you hear on the radio and a lot of it is completely false you know even if you're using condoms with absolutely everyone you still should be testing Right. And how, and what about, let's say, people now, specifically right now during these like social distancing corona times who had unprotected sex right before this happened and now worried that they might have an STD? Can they still, do they just sit this out or can they go to the doctor? Can they get yeah. some post 
it's yeah it's really 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 difficult now because obviously nurses and doctors who work in sexual health are kind of infectious diseases specialists so in light of this outbreak everyone's being redeployed you know it's mental like clinics are all shutting down so if you have no symptoms we're just saying to people obviously we shouldn't be having sex now anyway just kind of wait Mm -hmm. it out but yeah if you have you know, blisters, ulcers, severe pain, you know, call a clinic or call a doctor to ask for advice. Don't just turn up anywhere. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and but, like also, you said, but also, if, if you're just paranoid because you had sex with somebody recently, that's probably not a good enough reason to go get tested right now, whereas normally it yeah. would be right now. It's yeah. probably just relax, no big deal. Wait. So just, just scratch your vagina. <laughs> Well, if you're only no. itchy. If you're only itchy, Katie. You know, Katie's trying to pretend she's not talking about herself here. If you're only, I am talking about myself. I am. Ta- I had unprotected sex before this COVID thing. Oh. I uh, before this, what, Katie? Before this, what? COVID. COVID. <laughs> so my, basically, my situation is, uh, I was seeing someone, and he told me he had been tested since his last partner, and said, "Don't worry about. You know, I've been tested, and I'm not out here fucking." And like you've nothing to worry about, and we know each other, so I kind of thought, okay. But he never told me he's actually yeah. in an open. He's actually in an open relationship and was having unprotected sex with her the whole time. So never mind who she's also having unprotected sex with. So I kind of got myself stupidly, like I should have just insisted on protection. But this all just happened right before, so now I have like phantom pains, and in short, it's just in my head. But it's you know it's scary, and then as well, it's the whole thing of when you have when you decide to have unprotected sex with someone, you're trusting them you just it's you just really you nearly need to i'm only i'm using condoms now from now on until it's my husband but um but even if you're using condoms like i don't want to be scaremongering anyone (laughs) in situations where you still should be testing because you know when you think of the sex you have you know he doesn't put a condom on like the other side of the room and then you kind of get together like there's always contact and things i think before a condom's put on that true is always there all right true. well since we're on since we're on the topic of stis and i do want to move to our our wonderful listeners uh send us some questions and some stories so um i want to share a few with you now sophie and uh okay. get your feedback on it um uh, I, I have a story about sti testing in college she's in a particular college in ireland and uh, after the infamous rag week this year my housemates and I decided we should probably all get tested. I'd never been tested before. Most of us hadn't. So we said we'd do it just to see what it was like, uh, as much for the safety as anything else. Anyway, one by one, we went in to get our test with the student doctors. We were talking about it a week later. When we got our results, oh, everybody was good, by the way. When they got their results, her friend was like, weird that they need a swab of your vagina, throat, and anal cavity, isn't it? I thought they'd only want one, sw- one swab. We all burst out laughing because Sarah was the only... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to name her. But anyway, Sarah was the only one they asked for an anal swab. They must have taken one look at her and decided, oh, this one looks a bit wild. We love a bit of judging. Uh, we love a bit of judging a book by its cover in Little Old Ireland. Also, she's adorable. The least suspect looking of us all. Sophie, what's your thoughts on this story? <laughs> oh, God, thank but that's just hilarious to say that your the doctors and the nurses and medical professionals are the judgmental people. Like it sounds like you know tests are all determined on clinical need. No one would ever be asking a patient to swab their bum if it wasn't absolutely necessary for that. <laughs> like she said something or she answered a question a certain way that you know that professional thought it was essential for that test to be performed so basically what what you're what you're not uh admitting here outright is that her <laughs> friend had anal yeah good for her <laughs> she might be really she's still sweet and adorable that hasn't changed <laughs> <laughs> exactly there's a lot of judgment about anal you know <laughs> oh I feel for her because she must have just said that like a passing comment and her friends must have been like, no, we didn't have those tests done. Oh, and she was like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> Out of herself. <laughs> but yeah, like, no one would ever make an assumption, you know, certain questions are asked, tests are always determined on need. 
So if your friend is getting their throat swabbed and their bum swabbed, it's <laughs> they're doing something. Yeah. Katie, do you have a question from your from your batch? Um, let me see. Well, this is a serious relationship one, so it's not an STD one. No, that's okay. Hit it. We'll, we'll go through all of them. Okay, so um, she wants help with getting over a relationship with a narcissist. He cheated on me with a girl he always referred to as a friend, and then and now they're in a relationship. I have allowed him access to me again, and we have had sex recently, but he's still in the relationship with the girl. He contacts me they, when they fight or need something. Why can't I break ties? And then she said we were together for five years, spoke about marriage and he cheated on me for and basically dated the two of us for six months. And this girl didn't know either. Um, uh, But she forgave him. And then for two months, he blocked her, had no had no contact or no explanation. And then she got a call requesting bail of 300 euro uh, for for a court for breaking a barring order on his son's mom. Uh, imagine Jesus, no contact. Katie, come on, this is so obvious. Get the fuck away from this guy. <laughs> I know. Imagine no contact, and then called his girlfriend on the speaker, saying he only asked uh, for money because he said that she, this girl who's messaged us, owed him money, but she didn't. He owes her three thousand plus. What the hell? Okay, and that's, then, that's don't worry about it. It's too crazy. That's like that's too many life situations in one. Like fucking hell. <laughs> but I think there's lots of there's lots of women as well who like. Um, you know, who kind of just like let all these things slide and then you're out of it going, what the fuck? I, I just told her, I my advice was just block them and give yourself time yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. There's not, I mean, that's fucking insane, you know? <laughs> you, you don't need to be, you don't need to have a fucking degree in sex and relationship <laughs> therapy to fucking, honestly. Block, delete, move on. That's, yeah, okay, that's nice. So that, I gave good advice. I can be an expert. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here, here we go. Uh, okay, uh, another one from one of our listeners. Uh, tips for telling a guy you are dating that you have va- vaginismus and endometriosis, vaginismus and endometriosis, which means penetrative sex is difficult, mm. would be fab. So that's a a genuine health question there. Yeah. So obviously, if someone is saying they have vaginismus and endometriosis, they are linked in the healthcare system. You know. That's not something you would diagnose yourself with. You know, you're linked in. And if you have a diagnosis of vaginismus, there are loads of things that you can do to help that. So essentially that means, you know, it's like like a fear of penetration where you clamp, like your vagina muscle really clamps and stops entry. Like sometimes, yeah, so sometimes even to the point where a woman can't wear a tampon because it's just clamped so tightly, can't even put a finger in. It just, you know, it doesn't happen. So she would be seeking support about that and I would continue seeking support. But, you know, it, that's, that's difficult to kind of answer tips to kind of raise that. You know, I would just say be open and honest. You have this diagnosis. Success rate for treating it is incredibly high you're not saying this is going to be a forever thing it's just something you're dealing with at the moment and you know penetration is not the be all and end all you know yeah so I guess it's good to just introduce if they have a sexual relationship to just introduce the fact that for the time being it would be great if we didn't uh, do that but we try everything else and quite therapists would bring the partner in like I think when it's more of an established relationship you know, and that's still a problem. That partner can be brought in as well and have sessions together. And she could have anal, can't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a that's an option as well if she were willing to to go down that road. Yeah, well, like loads of different things, and you know, it's caused by a whole range of reasons, and you know, some physical, some psychological. But the success rate of kind of helping someone in that situation. It's, it's high, it's good. Like that's not usually something someone would have to deal with forever and ever. All right, that's good to know. And I'll, yeah. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, and common. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of it. I know a girl who has it. And it was on sex education as well. There was a, yeah. a girl... Yeah, and it sh- actually, that girl should watch that episode of Sex Education because it shows like the little the things you can get for exercise. dilators, yeah. But it's really difficult as well for like, you know, cervical screening to test for cancers. 
if you literally can't put a finger in, how can someone do yeah. tests for you? So like some women do have to be sedated or put to sleep to have these routine tests. Oh, right. um, just, just that you brought that up. That's something I wanted to ask about as well. So like, mm. uh, you know, like most women are my age and above have been, w- will have H- HPV, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when I was at the gynecologist, she said you don't need to tell partners about it because everybody has it. What, 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 is that true? It's true. Like HPV, so the human papillomavirus, hundreds of strains, like hundreds of strains, and it's a transient virus. So say you could have a test today and they could be like, you have strain 14, 16, 22. They could test you tomorrow. That could be completely different. Like there's no rationale in really telling someone that because there's nothing that a partner could do. You know, as a woman, you know, we have cervical screening to test for abnormal cell changes, you know, which could indicate cancer. You know, we do that as routine. For men, like there's there's nothing really for them to do. So yeah, you have a strain, what can they do? Because condoms help, but they're not 100%. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Because especially like, I guess, what I'm just thinking as well, if you have it and then they have unprotected sex with you and then go have unprotected sex with another woman and she might not have it. So that's where I'm thinking, do you have to say it? But my gynecologist said no. Yeah. Same with you. She said, that's she said the there's really no. sex. You know, there's hundreds of strains. All of us, are, you know, as we are now, will be carrying strains. Like that's the reality of it you know, yeah. the risk of having sex, you know, is that you might acquire some strains that cause warp symptoms or some strains that are likely to cause cell changes. Yeah. You keep on top of it. You have your tests, you have your checks. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about, like, I really wouldn't worry about it. Just for the record, Katie, I mean, not that your worry is unnecessary, but you are the only person I know that worries about HPV. Yeah. Well, it's just because I never knew about it and I don't know. And then recently someone said to me, oh, you're meant to tell your partners that like guys can get cancers from it. And I don't have a cancerous strain or anything like that. So I just was like, wow, I need more information about this. But it was just, yeah, since you were here, I was like, I think he was just giving wrong information, this this person. But that's, well, it is common. And I see a lot of men that come in and they say, you know, my partner's told me this, like she has this strain. What can I do? There's no test for men. Like there's nothing to do. You know, if they ever notice symptoms on their genitals, go and see a doctor. You know, yeah, if they get genital warts, it's just that's pretty much the only thing they have to worry about. I know that there's yeah. there's what small incidence of penile cancer, right? But like, yeah. really, it's not the main concern in terms of HPV spread. Mm. Yeah, yeah exactly. and then it don't. It's only cancer. one strain, right? That has the that has the genital warts. There's like all these hundreds of strains, right? There's hundreds of strains, hundreds of strains. Most of them do absolutely nothing. And yeah, you know, if you are unlucky, well, not I wouldn't even say unlucky, you acquire a strain that causes wart-like symptoms and you have genital warts, treated, easily treated, gone. Symptoms are gone. Mm. That's great. This is so great to hear. I, gone. Yeah, like, I, like, that's the thing. I were I was worrying even about a strain that doesn't cause those, but I just didn't yeah. didn't know. I just don't have the information. So and I would just hate. Yeah. I would hate for anyone to like carry around that burden that they have been told something and they feel they're irresponsible by not telling other people, or they you know are concerned about spreading it on. You know, you're the same as absolutely everyone else. We all have strains. Yeah, and okay, just just great. just to, just a, a final thing on that because I I want to ask a few more questions. Uh, is the hope now that because of the HPV vaccine that this is going to be less and less of an issue? Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Like I don't know in all different parts of the world it's different. Like in Australia, for example, they've been vaccinating people for years and years and years and years and years. Um, yeah, well that hopefully it'll be a thing of the past. All right. Well, let me ask you. Um, this is another question from one of our listeners. Uh, what could be reasons if a man can't climax? That happened the last two years before our separation. She's recently separated. I thought because he didn't find me attractive anymore given the state of our marriage. Only recently I started to think there might be other reasons. He was on antidepressants for a number of years, but this nagging doubt is in my head. He's in a new relationship which intensifies the doubts. The sex happened during good periods in between the bad. Oh. So- man can't climax. 
So she's saying that she always thought it was because he didn't find her attractive and now yes. wondering if there were, a, of course, there are other reasons, of course. You know, there's lots of physical reasons, you know, thyroid problems, depression, certain medications, you know, there, there are actual real physical health conditions that can stop that from happening substance misuse, drug use, that can happen, and then also psychological issues. It's actually quite, I wouldn't say it's because he found her unattractive. That would be like the bottom of the list of all the potential reasons why that was happening. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's good to, it's good to alleviate. Yes. It's sad that she held on to that. Yeah. For all that time, because it could be a genuine physical health problem and that's what I'd always say to men like if anyone's experiencing that the first thing you do is go and see your doctor you have a whole range of blood tests done you know and then if they deem it to be a psychological issue then you can manage that sorry I I, sorry I got distracted Katie do you have any more I was going through my uh, question well I put up on Instagram just like, you know, so they could put in the little short questions. But a lot of people asked about when is a good time, like, or like how to insist on condoms. Because we've all been there where you kind of just, they, you get talked out of it. Like how, or, or yeah, the conversation of just being like, because a lot of people try to talk you out of using condoms. Like how to be very strict and stick to your guns with still being like sexy. So a lot of that, a lot of condom questions. Yeah, and like negotiating condom use can be an absolute nightmare. Like we all know, nightmare. like it can be an absolute nightmare. And, you know, you not like I'm not saying that people that don't use condoms are bad because it's, it's all a personal choice. And it's just about communicating about what you're comfortable with and they can take it or leave it. You know, when, when we say sex, it's like you have to kind of define what sex means to you. So like sex for you could be, you know, we use condoms, that's, like, if I'm agreeing to have sex with you, this is what it is, they can take it or leave it. Yeah, but yeah. I guess I guess it's hard to navigate through your own insecurities and your own sense that you don't want to disappoint this guy or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I guess, I guess it's hard to sometimes for people who don't have the same level of confidence or even awareness that you have to, to be strong. And as well, it was it wasn't just women writing this; it was guys as well. Because a guy wrote saying, "Is it okay to ask for her STD check, like her 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 piece of paper?" Which I think we should be allowed to be like. Yeah, but yeah, it's irrelevant anyway because unless it was last week, you know, you have yeah, no idea. That's so true. That's really tough. Yeah, and quite a lot of like services now. You have like an app on your phone so you like your results are there and you can share it to partners like via whatsapp and things like that so people do do that i don't think people walk around with a little certificate anymore <laughs> <laughs> clean <laughs> yeah for five all right so, so a burden, but that's it yeah. <laughs> so um i have a question here which i know from talking to you sophie is, is is something that comes up a lot in your in your work uh this woman's been with her partner for four years uh, just before I met him, his parents died within six months of each other. Our sex life was great at the start, and after about six months, it became less often and regular. I put it down to one incident. He couldn't get an erection, and since then, it's affected his confidence, and he's afraid to hes afraid to talk about it. When I try to talk to him, he clams up and gets uh, angry and defensive. He's, uh, he's a proud Irish man. He's 47, um, so... Uh, she had she got she got a testosterone check uh for him so i had to go to the next uh, picture and uh it was fine so uh, before his parents died he played football whatever and she given a lot of backstory but basically yeah. i know that that comes up a lot in terms of men not getting erections whether it's a man's concerns or a partner's concerns yeah you know and that's one of the most common things that you see in psychosexual medicine and therapy and it's difficult if one partner is wanting to engage in that process and wants change and the other one is a bit resistant or a bit shy about it, would rather just, you know, kind of ignore that that's happening. You know, I what I would say to her is that if, you know, she wants help in this department for her to kind of seek support herself and then kind of go to sessions, even though it's not her problem per se, and maybe that would encourage him to kind of be a bit more open about what's going on. 
because it is really difficult if a man you know is kind of not wanting to engage with that what can what can she actually do to help yeah. And it's a toughie too, when you just think like God. nowadays you, f- you wish that you could just kind of give them a little shake and be like, go get some Viagra and have a good yeah, time. Just go. Yeah. Try it out. Yeah. Like why not just try it out? It's like a very simple fix for your situation. You know, you, you take a Viagra. It's not, it's not an admission of weakness. It's just like you've gotten older, your blood no. flow, whatever. It's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. And it, as same as, you know, the previous kind of question, it could be a whole range of issues. It could be something, like it could be something so simple that's so easily rectified. And again, the success rate is super high. So it's just about encouraging that this doesn't make them less of a man in any way. It's a health issue. Yeah. Katie, do you, do you have another one? We'll ask two more and then we'll let you go because we really have uh, um, taken up a lot of your a, time. This is a COVID. What the fuck is wrong? COVID. COVID. I said it right. Okay. No, this, is, this, is, this is two episodes of this, Sophie, just in case you're wondering why Katie's <laughs> making a big deal of it. <laughs> uh, this is a corona question. Yeah. No, so in, in isolation and haven't seen my man for 10 days, my son has asthma, so I need to be extra careful. When, the, when can we go back or how can we go back to normal when this passes? So I guess she's just worried after all the isolation, stressed out, worried, will they go back? And we already did an app about keeping up like sexting and stuff. So I'm sure she'll do that. But Aren't she definitely wanted to. Aren't we all? I think we are all facing like a time where we're not having sex. Like, and we don't know how long this is going to go on for. It's so unprecedented. Like I've never known anything like it. Um, You know, as you say, like, texting, video calls, you know, talking about past times that you've had together and kind of reminiscing about that and like, you know, the anticipation that, you know, you will be together soon. Like that, that's going to happen. But it's really, it's just bizarre times for everyone. I think we're all in the same boat, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think that it's worth the effort to try a little bit of uh, sexting, a little bit of a little bit of of uh, expressing your passion through words or through your voice, just to remind people that the desire is there. You know. Well, yeah, I have I a. Say, I have a. Uh, oh, sorry. You would say. Okay, go ahead. I, I say to people who are always, say if they're shy about initiating that and they don't know what to say, if they find it really cringe and embarrassing. It's like that sexual nostalgia. Just go back, like tell your partner something that you really enjoyed that happened just before you were separated. Just kind of tell them, oh, what could you remember that night? That was great. And start it like that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's your partner. Yeah. Like I think people feel pressure that they have to make up this kind of really sexy narrative. Just say, you know, that wasn't that great when that happened last week. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, that's great exactly. that's great advice yeah and then well, we did have we had one listener who said that 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 has been um a huge help for him he said he listened to last week's episode but just for this girl as well he said he said we can say his name johnny um i re- uh, recently started seeing someone to help us get through this we've started through voice memo chat and it's helping a lot. And the fact we only slept together a couple of times, that her talking about what she likes and what makes her really turned on is really hot. And hopefully it will make sex better for us in the future. And the sexting, which I haven't been that used to, is a lot hotter than I imagined. So there you go. There you go. See you guys, that's take good. it from Johnny. That's good feedback. Okay, let me get one more question in before before we let you go, Sophie. Because no um, uh, I know it's later for you guys than it is for me. And this is the, the clocks go back tonight. So Saturday night. Yeah, it's Saturday. Is it? Is it Saturday? Who the fuck this cares? is my Saturday night. Wild. All right. So um, it's a 25 year old single lady. She finds it really difficult to orgasm with a guy. It's only happened once. This comes up a lot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's relaxation slash mental thing, but I also find. Okay, so so this uh, this last question. Sorry about that. We had a we had a technical difficulty. So twenty five, she's single, really difficult to orgasm. Is it relaxation or a mental thing? But she also finds that guys can be selfish in, in that respect, which of course comes up a lot. Yeah. So I just need to remind myself. So she's twenty five, single, finds it difficult to orgasm. So I would presume by that she has orgasmed in the past. So when we see people in the clinic with that kind of issue, we separate it into primary and secondary. 
like a primary kind of presentation would be where someone has never orgasmed before. And that's a kind of very different treatment plan. Like that's a lot of different work that gets involved with that. If it's a secondary presentation, you know, did she say it's a problem with relaxing and and she's single, like she needs to use this time to like loads of masturbation, getting used to her body, finding out what she likes and what works for her, you know, get that down. You know, she's done it before. You will do it again. It doesn't disappear. You know, you have that physical ability to do that. It hasn't gone anywhere. And, you know, if that's an ongoing issue where, you know, you find it really, 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 really difficult and it's bothering you, there's loads of services to help, loads. But for some people, again, or like coming is not the be all and end all. And lots of people are happy with that and they wouldn't want to seek support or additional help around that issue because they enjoy sex in other kind of ways. And it's not always what's the most important part of being intimate with someone. I mean, we push this a lot on the podcast, but just because you're a bit more in the know. I mean, it is 100% official that the more women masturbate, the easier they find it to come, right? Isn't that, well, yeah. like it's, it's, it's not, I, I guess you can't say anything's 100% guarantee, but it's a proven method of, uh, of, of achieving more orgasms when you're with other people, if you practice on your Absolutely. own. Absolutely. And like, you know, she's single, she's 25, she's young, use this time. You know, I wouldn't be worrying about it at all, you know? Don't be anxious about that. You know, lots of people will regardless of what's going on in your life, you know, can struggle with that at certain times. It's common, but it will come, it will come back. You've had it before. It will happen again. Well, that's great. Well, yeah. And go ahead, there's Kim. also like as well for certain women who are like ca- nervous to, let's say, orgasm if the guy's looking at her. So just do it doggy yeah. style and then just touch yourself. Exactly. You know? you know, like you get it down to a routine, you know, use yeah. the time. This is like perfect isolation time. <laughs> I know. I am masturbating so much. It's good for your immune system. It's keeping me ripped. My stomach is... I have a nice uh, stomach, but I think it's because I orgasm so much. <laughs> you feel good hormones. It's like great. Good for yeah, cramps. I, I heard it's good for uh, period cramps. Yeah, oh. that's true as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's how I deal with my period cramps all the time. I just <laughs> know. masturbate. You know? <laughs> anyway, Sophie, thank thank you thank you so much. Do you uh, do you promote your Instagram and stuff, or are you here more no. as a medical person? Yeah, don't promote me. It's fine. So, Katie, what did you think of that? That was a lot of uh, was a lot of info that we just gathered up there. How are you feeling? Oh yeah, no, great. Um, that was amazing. I actually, this is so funny. I actually feel like my phantom pains went away in the space of this conversation with her. So that was really good to know. <laughs> but I think a lot of people can identify with phantom pains, not just in terms of STDs, which we've mentioned a lot, but also in terms of, I pretty much wake up every morning thinking I've got the coronavirus. People have mentioned it already. On like, I hear everybody says that. Like, people have asked me, even though they haven't like listened to my podcast or watched my Insta story, and said. Do you wake up every morning feeling like you have it? It's like everybody has that. But you know what I do? I've been waking up and been like, oh, I have a sore throat. I have a sore throat. I have it. And then I have to remind myself that I've had a sore throat every time I've wa- woken up in this bedroom for six months because of the heating. Heat. And then I have to... It's co- so dry. You nearly need to write down a list of things like, remember you have allergies. Remember you just drank water weird. That's just a normal cough. Like it's making us all hypochondriacs. Whew. And by the way, you know, when you're talking about phantom pains and stuff like that, um, I mean, I have had like genuine burnings in my dick that, because by the way, I, I mentioned it once before, but I had chlamydia once and I, it had a certain feeling, you know, and after I had chlamydia and, and dealt with it, like a year or two later, I had the exact same feeling. I was like, God damn, I got fucking chlamydia again. And I literally walked around for like whatever it was a week or two till I had a chance to get a test. Like just like absolutely full on chlamydia. I didn't have, you know, I just stopped all contact with people. And uh, it wasn't chlamydia. I, I don't know what it was, but it was, she said it's probably soap got, you know, like you, mm. probably some soap getting up in your dick. A lot of men, when they wash their dick, yeah. actually, by the way, like a lot of men, when they wash their dick, you're not really meant to wash your dick with like a lot of soap and stuff. Same, anyway, same long story vagina. short. Yeah. So long story short, like the burning is not always an STD, but you should always get checked, which is what I did. But it's just so funny what your mind can do to you. Well, also as well, because I, I 
right when I found out that, you know, I thought I was sleeping with someone who, anyway, right when I found out that he was also sleeping with someone un- unprotected, that's when I started to get the pains. But it was the same day that I washed my clothes. I have very sensitive skin with a different detergent. And when I Googled things, it was like, oh, for women, if you use a different detergent, that can cause a bit of a, a bit of an itch or a bit of a flare up. So it could be just something as simple as bad timing yeah. and detergent. But sometimes it is your head. Like, I mean, sometimes it absolutely is your head. Like I have, I thought I had a fever. Like I don't have a thermometer here. I can't buy a thermometer. But before I left Rialto, before I left Dublin, I thought I had a fever every fucking three hours. I take my temperature. It wasn't even, it was low. You know, I just, you know, just like, just in my brain, I was like, am I hot? Am I fucking hot here? I take my temperature. I don't know. I've not, I've got nothing, you know? Uh, anytime one of us sneezes or coughs in the apartment, we're, we're both like still for a second, just looking at each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I, I, anybody that coughs i'm like what yeah I actually i had i was talking to somebody on the phone the other day and i got a wrong pipe just with my own spit i wasn't drinking or anything but just i got like the wrong pipe with my own spit and then they were like what what's going on i was like it's a fucking wrong pipe bro relax <laughs> for sure i did this at the, the start corona- this e- extra i coughed for a second and in my head it was like oh the listeners are gonna think i have it <laughs> jesus i know we're gonna need uh std checks and covid checks after this is a std check <laughs> you know on tiktok they do that like hot mom checks like, std check um and the coat the covid check as well you're gonna need two sheets of paper going around going i'm clear (laughs) from both it's i was actually quite shocked how many people enjoyed the uh the comedy around you not being able to pronounce covid i i like like we do a lot of funny stuff for some reason i got way more messages about fucking covid i got so many messages being like please don't learn how to pronounce it and i was like it's not i can't even it's my brain there's something wrong with my brain but also um oh you know what i was thinking so there's a huge thing uh uprise on hinge dating over here because of the obviously people can't see each other like online dating and some guy, yes. some guy took my number and he messaged me and was like, what are you doing tonight? Do you want me to make you dinner? And I was like, dude, do you not know there's like a pandemic going on? And he was like, wow, you're taking it really seriously. And I like sent him a picture. What? I know, isn't that crazy? And I was like, seriously, there's coronavirus. What is wrong with you? Stay inside. Isn't that mental? God, you're taking it seriously? It's like, dude, <laughs> like I... Like, like I, I find first dates to be like quite tedious as it is, as if I'm going to risk infecting myself with coronavirus to have like a half, half-assed fucking, not to mention that's like this guy trying to get a one-night stand out of making right, dinner. Right, cook like, you dinner, fuck. fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, and I, anyway, invite, Kate, oh, well, just, go I, ahead. I invite just, you know, because people are like, how do you keep up the hinge stuff? But I did invite a hinge date to the virtual comedy show we we did and he he watched it and he was messaging me about it and he had a great time because he had nothing to do on a Friday night and it was lovely. So anyway, just, you know. Well, well you did that last night? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually fun. I and didn't it- do my stand up. I took a dirty book and I read from it um, I, like as if I was like reading a serious book. So, and then I did like a character where I was like, you know, I did like stuff I would never do on stage. And then I just told a story. So I was like actually happy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's vlogging. Yeah. It's vlogging. And you should explore that more because I always... I always wonder why you don't do more like talking into your phone on Instagram mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I think you should explore that more. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited. It gave me loads of ideas. So actually, yeah, I'm going to use this time as productive as possible to do more, you know, yeah, stuff like that. All right. Well, let's hit the road. Uh, don't forget, at Katie Boyle Comic, I'm at Des Bishop. Any final words, Katie? No, just keep you know support supporting us, um, especially right now. I'm on TikTok. One of my one of my videos did really well on TikTok. So that was good. You got on the, you got on the for you page. What, what did you do? What did you get numbers wise? Um, nearly a million, nine hundred thousand views or something. You got nine hundred thousand. Yeah, on one of my clips, over nine hundred thousand. A million. Yeah. Well, that's exceptional. Yeah, I know, but the rest of them didn't many- get that. The rest just got like 50,000 to, to a 50. It didn't get like... One other one got 50,000. Uh, I, I know, but a million? Yeah, oh, wait, let me... How many How many followers do you have? Uh, only 10,000. It was my first clip that went up. It just like it was like my third clip. It just ah, it just went viral. So it got uh, 955.7K. So... so, so- Nine hundred and fifty-five thousand. Nine five five point seven k. Yeah, that's nine hundred and fifty-five thousand. So what's that like? That's million? amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I got yeah, that's ten- nearly a million. 
I got 10,000 followers from it. So, but the other That's amazing. Yeah, that's good. But that's I, what I, happens when you get on the when you get on the American for you page, man. It's humongous. I noticed that that like the American for you page is just insane. What's for you? So, when you go on your TikTok, mm-hmm. I, I we are still recording. Fuck it. We might as well. For people that don't use TikTok, when you go on your TikTok and you start flicking up on the videos, one side is the for you page and one side is the people that you're following. But when you go on the for you page, it's just random stuff that comes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got on that because apparently what happens is they all your videos, they show to 100 people. And if the 100 people like it, it will show to another 100. It will show to it. So there's always a chance of your. No, there's, 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 nobody knows the system. But the reality is that sometimes you get on the for you page and sometimes you don't. That's that's how it works. You know? Yeah, I've, I've only had it for two weeks. But my brothers and sisters were just like, put something out every day, every day. I was like, okay. No, but Katie, I mean, the fact that that clip did a million on the For You page is huge. Like, that's a huge jump to get to 10,000 like that. That's not, you you know, that's not the normal experience all the time. Okay, good, good, good. Because, you know. Well done. Congratulations. Thanks. I need this. I date shitty men. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's go. We'll, we'll chat to everybody. We'll chat to everybody soon. Don't forget, five stars on iTunes. Yeah. Subscribe. Take all the pictures. Um, leave a comment flick all the way down past all the episodes if you're on iTunes and, and, and leave a comment and uh, you have the time yeah, now lo- yeah and loads of feedback on Instagram hit those DMs love you and we'll chat to you we'll chat to you next week watch my sketch <laughs> hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.